Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Hello, and welcome to Champions of Psychology, a show where we are with the goal of openly talking about mental health and gaming, presented by Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Twitch.tv. Oh, no, it's not 11 a.m. It's, it's, it's 12 p.m. I got to update. I got to update. It's the, it's the start of season four. I'm already just r right off the rails, right just, off the rails. You're getting it wrong, Trevor. Yeah, yeah, it's been a few weeks off, just getting rusty on my on my hosting duties. Uh, it's not like I don't have another show that I do every Vacations week. Vacations are terrible. You know. Nobody should take them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Twitch.tv slash Games or later on your favorite podcast service, meet your Jordan, Rafael Bucamazzo, a.k.a. Dr. B. Talked about men talk about mental health and <laughs> I cannot speak today. <laughs> Uh, this is going to be a great season, y'all. This is going to be a great season. Uh, talk about uh, mental health in these unprecedented times, as well as how gaming affects us. If you're here with us live in the chat, and you leave a question that I, Trevor Bettis, will stumble over later in the show. But before we get to that, uh, our topic today is toxic positivity. Uh, uh, but before that, uh, who, who are you two for the fine folks who may not know? And so I can stop talking. Uh, you know, um, I'm Mitra Jordan. Gosh, we have been off air for a little bit. And, and I, for one, don't wish to rest on my laurels. Wait, are, are you throwing that? Are we throwing crowns now? Okay, that's it. I'm already kidding. That's it. We're, I'm already pulling from Tiara space. I did not know this was going to be a thing. Okay. I'm not prepared. Yeah. I have nothing to put on my head. <laughs> This is season four, Trevor, and you don't yet have something to put on your head. He has I got, something I got on nothing. his head already. Look at I mean, that. Yeah, use a shoe, there. Trevor. Chat says use a shoe. Put a shoe <laughs> on your head. Okay, the, no, the, the shoes are dirty. Okay, while well, they we struggle with their headwear, um, I'm Mitra Jordan. I'm a registered clinical counselor um, working out of Victoria, British Columbia, and I'm here with my fine friend right there with the tiara because he's just so special other, other direction <laughs> really? <Sorry. laughs> okay this happens Swear every time i can't no but if i oh, never mind there we go there we go listen people <laughs> <laughs> nobody move. i'm just going to point out that in life as well i am very directionally challenged <laughs> very oh very. wow this tiara is coming off now um so yeah <laughs> um, so I am Rafael Bocamazzo, better known as Dr. B for long Italian name reasons, and uh, I am a psychologist in Washington State and the clinical director over at TakeThis.org, uh, one of the folks that, you know, helps bring this on, although it's really Codename Entertainment that does the, all of it. Anyway, um, I'm also an expert on the applied use of 
uh, role-playing games in clinical and learning settings. And I am here to – oh, to, took off tiaras. Um, I am here to have the best hats, and I will take no <laughs> questions on that. Did, did, you, did you did you were you sure to get your new title in there? Oh no, I did. Yeah, no, I'm a psych- I'm, I'm yeah, I did. I'm yeah. I'm, a, I'm a light. I'm a clinical psychologist in Washington State, freshly minted. Yeah, what? And then she's got a top hat. <laughs> Mitra's already throwing down. <laughs> <laughs> but congrats, Doctor B. We're all very very happy for you. Um, oh shit. <laughs> Audio listeners are not getting the full experience of this episode. Oh I apologize now. Uh, you're, you're you come gonna into have to my just... house and you try and out-hat me? No, I only have the two this time. <laughs> so clearly, I can't out-hat you. Imitation, have you not heard? Oh, wait, hang Is on, the hang sincerest on. You, form of flattery? You talk amongst yourself. Audio listeners, you're going to miss something else, too. <laughs> But yeah, it looks like we got a lot of fantastic new viewers out there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to season four. Um, Mitra and I are just going to have a hat battle. All right, there we go. There we go. (laughs) While Trevor just beat us both. There's no point. Oh, my God. I I can't win. He brings out the the Master Chief helmet. I can't win. Yeah. Done. Trevor wins this. If I could put these laurels on him, he'd (laughs) Yeah. But what are we talking about today? Oh, yeah, I guess we should do a show. I yeah, mean, we should. Right. Now that we got all that out of our system. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, toxic positivity. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's that, that's the same so- sound that I make every time I see the good vibes only sign at my local bar. I swear uh, I am going to just... I, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let, let's start this off the way that we normally do with these things of defining what po- toxic positivity is while um, I fix my hair. Yeah, no, actually, I want to I want to kick this over to Mitra because she had such a good definition, foundational definition within our pre-production meeting. Um, Mitra, just, I'm, I want to I want to kick up a, a drink and just grumble about this as well, because we've already got people doing this in the chat. Okay, I don't know why I was maybe brilliant yesterday, but I cannot touch on, you're on, brilliant. on that for a second today. But hey, I'm just going to, I'll do my best. So being positive is generally a good thing. Um, but we put a lot of pressure on people, particularly in Western culture, particularly in North America, to always be upbeat and positive. And unfortunately, that takes away from how we might really be feeling. And there's a difference between the polite chit-chat at the grocery store, or if you're just passing a friend in the street, you don't really have a chance to catch up properly. Um, But when we aren't able to actually express how we're authentically doing, um, and we have an idea that everyone else can cope and we can't, that's where positivity is toxic. If I have Mm -hmm. the idea that everyone else has got to be doing fine because they say so, um, it's very lonely. Um, Mm -hmm. When there's the idea of good vibes only, it leaves out my experience and and who I am. I'm not saying we want to go to our friends and dump or burden them, which is the worry most people experience in this. But positivity is toxic if there's no way that it can hold the space for our true experience together. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's, I mean, it found foundationally, foundationally, it's this idea of denial. Yeah. It is absolute denial of mm-hmm. reality. Like there is a, there is a, an incredible difference between this is a problem. Let's, let's acknowledge that versus gloom, despair, and pest and eternal hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yesterday, uh, one of the things that came out was the idea of, of rushing to fix and how that relates to toxic positivity. And this is if, you know, uh, oh, how are you doing? Well, you know, it's kind of tough. My, my dad just died. Oh, well, that was a couple of months ago, right? How are you doing now? Like, are you, like, you know, or, oh, yeah, my grandma died recently. Uh, yeah, but you weren't terribly close to her, right? I remember you only saw her a few times in your life. I- I think I have a therapeutic baseball bat somewhere yeah. around here. Right. Also, that, I'm going to be real. That one hits denying. way too close to home. I'm so sorry. And I, 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 mean I literally that. had I someone no do idea. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it's, it, it's incredible. That, and that's, it's that denial aspect. Mm-hmm. And this, this discomfort at any sort of – I mean uh, – this this is going to feel really obvious to say, and I I'd like to joke and say it took me three degrees to uh, of psychology to be able to say this with authority. But discomforting feelings are uncomfortable, mm. and that should and be we, okay. But we want and we want to avoid that as, as humans because we don't like discomfort. But sometimes discomfort is something. We've said this on the show before. All emotions, when they're working right, are functional. They're adaptive. They're trying to tell us something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes uncomfortable emotions are there to let us know, hey, there's an actual problem going on that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes grief, you know, grief is a natural reaction to a loss. Mm-hmm. A problem or something going on for a person isn't something you need to fix. Instead, what you can do is hold the space for it. And there's a very simple way to explain what that means. Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit sad. You know, my grandfather died. Oh, were you close? Is not holding the space. (laughs) How was that for you? How are you doing? Is holding the space. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's we kind of want to do more of the, how are you doing? And then eventually, is there a way I can help? Is there anything I can do to support you? Or if you can't, you can be there and just listen for a few minutes. And if you can't, you can say, I would love to catch up about this later. Mm-hmm. Well, it, there's there's this, I, I just anecdotally, one of the things I've noticed is that we have a hard, we as people have a hard time holding, the uh, to use your term, holding space for ambiguity and discomfort without jumping it into the problem solving mode mm-hmm. and it for a lot of people it feels like doing nothing but holding that space is in fact doing something it's just it's just less direct mm-hmm. yeah a lot of what happens for people is um their emotions or feelings get minimized oh wasn't that bad was it um, or they get told how they should feel. It's not, a, mm. you know, whether it's in a minimizing, it's not a big deal, or let me tell you what you can do to cope with that, you know. 
um, and that doesn't really help. Or they get cheerleaded. Well, you can cope with that. I saw you get through this other thing that was really tough before. Um, and so those kinds of things really interfere with the connection that you and they may have. Um, and it interferes with their own processing where they're kind of being told that it's not okay to feel that way. And, and well, to, uh, I want to I wanna take a moment and say there there is a place for cheerleading. There is That's a place true. for reassurance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not always a bad thing. It's it, it, just like anything else. It's a tool and it has specific uses. Yeah. And it just needs to be tethered to reality. Right. And there's a lot of times yeah. that the messages we get from other people, which are just meant, they mean it so well. They are trying so hard, but oh, baby, is it the wrong thing to say? Yeah, I, I think some tools get treated as a catch-all yeah no. yeah and, and it, it it they aren't no no and i i mean i i will i'll make jokes about about the idea uh well anyway that that's actually irrelevant the the point is that knowing the right tool for the right situation requires acceptance of the situation and this idea of toxic positivity denies actual acceptance of what's going on you have to be able to acknowledge a problem if you truly want to fix it Mm -hmm. and toxic positivity denies the problem exists Mm -hmm. and there's something that mitra said yesterday that that it was really important and that's the idea of how exclusionary mm-hmm. encountering this is. And all of us have examples of this, but I would love to hear what Mitra has to say on this. Okay. And Mitra well, you, would love you, to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you very you very specifically you very specifically said that the toxic positivity is ironically disconnecting from other people because it gives this impression that you don't belong here if you're struggling at all. Right. So it's the idea that we should be coping, should being one of those words, and we've certainly talked about this in the past, but if we're in an environment um, where we have to smile or we're being told that we have to uh, come across a certain way, and I'm not talking about so much for your work, but if I go to a friend's house and it's like, I'm feeling like, wow, really heavy, you know, or I'm being told that what I say or do is, that's kind of heavy. I certainly mm-hmm. would get the impression that my feelings aren't welcome and my feelings are a part of me. I'm not saying you want to go uh, to a friend's house and deal with that friend as if they were a therapist. That's actually unfair and not where, you know, unloading belongs. But you also shouldn't have to put on a bright face on it all mm-hmm. the time. And when someone does bring up sort of good vibes only as a concept, um, what if I'm not in a good place? I have in the past had friends say, oh, I don't think I should get together. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like I'd be a burden. And it's like, no, you know, it's okay. You can just be as you are. And mm-hmm. that's the welcoming, compassionate position we want to be able to hold. And this is not to say that if a person's in a tough place, we get into discussing their whatever is going on for them. They may just really want to be supported and to have a good time. But 
they can more easily do that if you can also know what's going on for them so that you're kind to them and you leave space for their whatever they're processing as well. So the, the underlying feeling is that one doesn't want to be minimized or denied what's happening. And I'm going to bring up Christmas and holidays and family time so you guys can all have an internal sense for a minute. Suddenly what, my anxiety just spiked. Right? Because if you're at Thanksgiving dinner but you're having a bad day and your family's like, mm. it is Thanksgiving dinner. Your mother worked very hard to fix all that food. You will smile and eat. I mean, I think it comes back for all of us one way or another, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and so that's partly what I'm talking about, is this yeah. denial of emotion means I don't belong. Yeah. You can come back oh. now. We're good. We're okay. done dinner. The dishes are put away, and it's just the cousins <laughs> sitting around and speaking oh. their truth. <laughs> the cool cousins? The, the really cool ones. The okay. friendly ones who really know our stuff. They know why you haven't come out to Uncle Howard and all the rest of it. They're, you know, oh. they're our people. God, it, it it's... This expectation, I mean, it's an, you also said this yesterday. I mean, you were just really, you were on fire yesterday. God, the, why in, can't yes maybe today? I made I notes. <laughs> I've got I, the notes. I, I know. And and I'm the bad kid in school who didn't bring up the notes before the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really, but it's one true. of the things, one of the things you said is that, that it, it's performative. This is, this is positivity. Oh yeah, as it's coming back to me now. Right. And, we, you know, we're, we're talking about we're talking about this idea of it's coming back to the idea of denial once again, that there there's a big difference between acceptance of negative experience and reveling it, reveling in it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. versus denying mm -hmm. that that's a thing at all. Mm -hmm. And ironically, there's research to show the idea that dying, uh, denying one's emotions as a coping strategy actually takes more more resources than being like okay that's a thing i see it and how do i work with that thing moving on mm -hmm. <clears throat> it takes more resources to actively deny negative experience negative experiences it so ironically does. good vibes only brings bad vibes yeah it's kind of like the gopher game you know when you're a kid and things pop up and you have to keep pushing them back down. And, and so any form of denial or suppression actually will do that. Whereas if I have a place and time to kind of feel my feelings, then I can go, okay, not now. But when I go home, I'll think about that. And it's not a denial. It's a useful capacity to set things aside because we're not in a place where maybe it's appropriate to get into it. But if it's never a place where it's appropriate to get into this, this is where we get into our own felt sense of um, toxic positivity and that need to be positive. And there's actually somebody who wrote a great book about this called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. It's an Which old is still book. just the title. best title ever. It oh is my the God. best title. Yeah, and she really talks about the way um, we learn as children sometimes to not express um, our true feelings. And I'm not talking about those moments when your kid is an absolute savage and bites someone's arm. And they're only two, so, you know, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about when your kid comes home from school and says, I had a really bad day. And you say, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Dinner's going to be ready. 
you know, in a few minutes, and you don't attend to their feelings. And what we learn is that we shouldn't attend to our feelings, that our feelings mm -hmm. aren't important, that maybe what we do is important. But, you know, we still need to attend to our feelings regardless of the choices we make in terms of managing what we do. But if there's no place to talk about it and we learn that there isn't really much to talk about, um, we're not in tune with ourselves. And this makes it really difficult to cope with things that come up. And it makes it really difficult to um, make the space for ourselves uh, to talk about things. Or even if you are in a position, gosh, I'm starting to ramble. But even if you're a pla in a place where somebody's asking or curious about how you're doing, you might not have a sense of being connected to that. Mm hmm. Well, and one of the things I do, I think we do need to mention as uh, because I've seen this comment come up in chat a couple of times that this is this idea of toxic positivity is um, it, it's I, I think a fairly North American phenomenon. And the idea of cultural, the, the idea of emotional expression varies from culture to culture Definitely. and there's there's research to support this as well that emotional the results of emotional suppression in uh specifically a united in the united states on the mental well-being of folks is very different than it would be and i think I, I looked at one study that uh looked at a hong kong population as well and they're uh, it's a very different experience. So I want to be real clear and real overt that we're speaking from a very North American, uh, specifically United States and Canadian framework. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and from a more of a cross-cultural perspective, just to bring this in for a minute, um, although I think in some cultures the collective is more important than the individual and duty and obligation are more important, um, yeah. people don't expect you to always be happy about this. People expect to support each other in doing the duty and obligation, but there's often, there is in some cultures certainly space to at least express how you're feeling about that. And if it's a shared world in that this is what we do, but it's understandable that we might find that tough sometimes. It does make it easier. Yeah, it... Uh, it... So I, I, I want, I, like I said, I want to be just overt about the fact that, um, you know, Mitra's training and my training are largely North American based, although Mitra's, Mitra has a much more overt multicultural focus uh, in her psychology practice than, well, most people ever will. Um, it, it, we just, I, I just felt the urge to bring that up and say, this is a North American oh, yeah. thing. This no, is, this is very a very, important. very North American yeah. concept. Um, Cause one of our, one of the folks in chat brought up the idea that this level of positivity in Germany was uh, jarring. Absolutely. And um, a lot of the uh, Northern European friends I've had, if you ask them, if you say, how are you? It's not just a little chit chat to sort of set the, the tone, I learned from Dr. B that that is called phatic communication, by the way. <laughs> and that's where we make those little sounds. How are you? Good. And then we can go on to have an actual conversation. But if you say to someone who's, um, who actually, if you say to someone who's Middle Eastern as well, um, how are you? They will tell you, well, my shoulder hurts. And, and that goes for the Northern Europeans as well. They'll be like, Oh, my, well, my father's doing this and my mother's like that and my child, you know, and I, you know, they'll get into it. 
which is very confusing for a North American person. Because <laughs> hold, well, hold on, hold on. I got, I want to push back on that for a little bit because as a North American autistic person, I love that level <laughs> of honesty. Enough. Oh Fair my enough. god, I love that level <laughs> yeah. of honesty. Yeah. This is why so many of my friends are from Boston, Philly, and New York because yeah. they just straight up tell me. Yeah. And I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. And that's the same with, with my friends, actually. I wondered, what is it about these people? Oh, a thing they all have in common is uh, they don't worry terribly much about tact. You know, when we're, when we're close to each other, they're just going to say what they feel and say what they need. And it's, it's so uh, much easier to cope with. Uh, so Cypher of Tears is in the chat. By the way, hey Cypher, thank you hey. for being here. I forgot uh, to mention Chicago. Yes, I love my yeah. friends from Chicago well, proper Cy for that reason too. <laughs> Cypher actually does exactly what I do. Uh, Cypher says, not me. I usually ask if they want the truth or do they want me to be polite and answer. Love it. <laughs> this is why this is essentially I what I do. Like if I'm, if, I, if I'm legitimately having not a great day and someone's just like, hey man, how's it going? I'm just like, do you really want to know or should we just keep the conversation going? <laughs> Because <laughs> it's true. It's just like, hey, if, if you want to get into it, I've had some I've had some stuff going on. But like, if you want to just have a nice conversation, I can also do that fine. <laughs> yeah, And I actually really love that idea. Right. Because it's a it's a nod to the true feelings that are going on. But it's also it also says, yeah, I'm coping. We don't need to get into it. Or maybe actively. I don't feel like getting into it. You know, awful day. Let's not go there. Don't need you know, to go there. Don't need to go there. But uh, but to sort of just not have to say, oh, yeah, I'm doing great. How are you doing? You're great? Yeah, great. Oh, you know, I just it's just so great not to have to do the great. Sorry, but there it is. <laughs> There, there was literally last week uh my, my buddy got in the car he's like hey man how's it going i'm like i'm doing good how about you guys i'm good and one of us went how are you doing afterwards and we're just like we just went through that we literally were just going yeah, through but, the verbal well, let's, motions let's let's talk about that for a second because uh Mitra brought up this is your vocabulary term for the day uh audience phatic communication and phatic <laughs> communication is this thing we do where the words don't matter the word, yeah. It's just to fill a social role of acknowledging other people's existence. And if anybody has ever had the experience of going to like the grocery store and saying hi, and the checker replies with good, you? And <laughs> it's, it, it's because they're not actually listening to the words. It's just a social context of acknowledging each other exists. And I've done the exact same thing as you, Trevor, where it's been like, hey, man, how's it going? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? And that's that second time we know we're actually asking. Yeah. 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 No, the, I, I, bl I blame that also for uh, uh, have a great flight. You too. <laughs> <laughs> I've even done the happy birthday and to you. <laughs> I, did, I did that to a DoorDash driver the other day, too. They were like, all right, enjoy your food. What, you too. And I'm like, I, you, you know what I mean. Have a great day, man. <laughs> See, and I thought it was just a Catholic thing where it was where it was just this call and response, you know, peace upon you and you as well. And uh, maybe the force be with you and also with you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, tell you what, let, let, I think that's a good time to take a quick break, remind our viewers and listeners of our disclaimer, and then come back and talk a little bit more about toxic positivity, uh, and then check in with chat and see what questions they have. So remember, you can put your questions in chat, and the awesome uh, mods, Jay and Mars, will grab them and put them in the doc that we have. So, let's take that disclaimer break. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. 
Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. I never thought I'd say this about a disclaimer, but I really missed hearing that. Uh, Seriously. (laughs) So soothing. Um, Okay, so what, what is something that we can do to like try and not have the toxic positivity if we worry that that we have done that what's something we can watch out for where do we begin on this because there's so much there's so well there's there's nuance to this okay there's Mm -hmm. so much nuance to this because it i think a lot of people when they hear rants about toxic positivity there's this danger of swinging completely the other way and that's yep. denying any hope. Yeah. And that's that's also a danger because the in order to find solutions or work through a problem, we need to be able to see all aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's possible to be hopeful without being, you know, igno- deny denying challenges. Yeah, so hope has to be connected to reality, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if all of you or any of you have had a chance, I think many of you would have had a chance to see Ted Lasso, but remember those first few episodes in particular where, okay, so... (laughs) You mean (laughs) I know a media thing without Dr. B knowing a media thing? I'm impressed. Listen, I was studying for my licensure exam. Okay, fair enough, but it has been out for a while. I'm just saying. Uh, this was season two that just went by. Did, wow, you, just, I, did you just show shame me? And, well, just so much of the time, I'm going to say. <laughs> I haven't a clue. And now now for once, I am bringing up the kid. Yeah. So. yeah there, right. <laughs> she's got her um, laurels on. There we go. Right, right, right. So let's not get into... Those who recognize what I'm talking about will know that that idea of, you know, just believe when you actually don't have anything to back it up in terms of some mm-hmm. kind of roadmap uh, through whatever it is, whatever the struggle is, um, can make it much harder for people. It's like, I'm supposed to believe, but how? So, you know, toxic positivity can feel like some kind of bizarre act of faith. And that's really not what, what we're talking about. Um, what's helpful is to have a sense of what someone is struggling with. Recognize that you can't and you don't need to solve it. Um, I'm going to use a different example, actually. I'm thinking, you know, when we talk about, um, okay, it's really going well today. When we talk (laughs) about any kind of really big problem that we see in the world, okay, like how governments deal with things or something a person's struggling with in terms of bureaucracy and paperwork or whatever, and it's just some of these bigger things feel really overwhelming. This is not the time to say, you know, oh, it's going to be fine. You'll get through it when they're really wondering about how they're going to get through it. 
So mm-hmm. positivity that's connected to reality is like, yeah, so let's look at some of the steps, you know, that, that you can do or things that, that you've tried. And sometimes it comes to there's nothing more you can do right now. And that's mm-hmm. when it's helpful to take one's mind off it. So you, if you can get through this um, or it's going to be fine, is connected to a person's real experience, it's going to be much more effective then it's genuinely holding the hope for someone without imposing a you should be hopeful on them yeah and that's 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 one thing to, to for folks to bear in mind is that we as people want we we often want to help people solve something mhm and it's very natural for us to jump to solutions i'm guilty of it we're all guilty of it um especially when we think we understand the nature of what somebody's dealing with. But it often behooves us to, like we said earlier, take a step back. Just create that holding space mm-hmm. for them. Ask ask questions about it um, that don't begin with why, because that invites rationalization and justification. This is making me smile a little bit because there's questions on your D20, and I'm really enjoying that right now <laughs> as you talk about questions uh, for I audio I, listeners there's a d20 on his fez that has question marks on uh, it i, I will I, questions <laughs> they I, I will tell you that the 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 name of this particular model of fez is called die curious and the so but asking open-ended questions about people's experiences and being able to accurately reflect back their perspective is a powerful tool in and of itself. It feels slower than problem solving. It feels less active than problem solving. Um, and but it's often so 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 helpful when it comes to when it comes to uh, joining people and creating that holding space and helping them look at things from a more complete perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring up a piece around personal responsibility, right? So if somebody uh, comes home and they're in a really low mood and you see them, it's going to affect your mood initially. And that's because humans are interconnected and we pick Mm -hmm. up what people are putting down, right? But just because we pick it up doesn't mean we have to take it on and it doesn't mean we have to solve it, right? You're talking about emotional contagion? Yeah, and I think it really is affected and affects the toxic positivity piece, right? Because we might have a knee-jerk reaction to start being ultra up and positive to make things better, you know? It's like, you know, we're all in a good mood, but somebody's crying in the corner. No one's going to have a really great time, or they're going to have to work to ignore and therefore exclude the person crying in the corner. But if we can acknowledge that somebody's having a hard time, we still don't have to be responsible for it depending mm-hmm. you know if it's your child bets are off but i mean if it's if it's your sister or even your spouse you just want to show some compassion but you don't necessarily have to solve what's going on for them and i think this is why people sometimes feel burdened in terms of the emotions they're experiencing um, and they don't want to burden others it's like oh you know i don't want i don't want to be a burden is where i'm going mm-hmm. um, and that's because we do have an innate sense of feeling what's in the room and feeling like we now have to solve it mm-hmm. or feeling what's in the room and wondering if it's our fault in some way. 
And so we insert ourselves into the situation in these ways, which really may not be fair to the other person's experience. Maybe they're just having an off day, and that's okay. Not our fault and not our responsibility. And if it's a friend of ours, we can just say, hey, how's it going? You know, but we don't have to take it on. If it's not going so great, we can say, oh, you know, we can ask if we want or have the time, as we've said earlier. But that's There's something. Hmm. Oh, no, oh, sorry. Uh, no, 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 really. Well, I was there's done. something Thank you said you. yesterday <laughs> that's incredibly poignant. I mean, seriously, you were if on fire. If he says fire. one more time. <laughs> I, I, again, I took notes. You were on fire yesterday. Oh, thank and... you. Thank you for saying that today. It helps hold the faith. <laughs> given that um, anyway. One thing that you said is that forcing people to be positive when they're not ready or even go so far as to forgive, uh, tell people to forgive those who have legitimately transgressed against them because forgiveness is a process that can't be rushed mm -hmm. for and for some people they may never decide to forgive the people who hurt them mm -hmm. and some people do but that needs to be a process that they come to on their own through the processing of the experience the emotions the ramifications the narrative etc yeah. and forcing people to do that too quickly can end up damaging them in the process because they don't have a complete scope of what they're forgiving, how they're forgiving. Um, and it, it, yeah, it, it ends up backfiring in so many damaging ways. Mm -hmm. Mitra yeah. said that, by the way, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just repeating what she said. I'm going to keep him around all the time from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Credit where it's due. I mean, Aww. Thank you. Um, yeah, you come. Well, actually, actually I, I want to. I actually mm -hmm. want to use that as an example because some people in the the chat have been saying have been kind of asking like, okay, but like, what? How do you tell the difference between the positivity? That right there was being positive, and there was positivity there. He was giving Mitra a compliment about, you know, the the meeting that we had yesterday. Mitra wasn't feeling down about the meeting, and uh, Doctor B was just continuously saying, "No, you're fantastic. You were great. You're great." And it's you know don't listen to yourself all that stuff like that that was being positive if Mitra was feeling down about it and you know she had problems with it then that that, that straddles the line of being toxic for the toxic positivity thing where it's ignoring the problem that is happening there mm -hmm. and just you know ignoring it outright nope just be positive that's all it is don't worry about it mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not taking into account the person's experience if you're doing that. And I think that's the difference, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that if you're pushing past a person's emotional process, um, that's also an issue. Because the thing is, there is an emotional process. And you don't know how long or what it's going to look like for an individual. And this question of forgiveness certainly is a big piece of it. Um, and I, I do like to distinguish between um, resolving something and forgiving someone, because I might have a resolved sense of my relationship with someone who's done me harm. Um, maybe I cut them off. Maybe I'm just super cautious around them. Um, and there might be a piece of me that does find it really hard to forgive them. But that's not to say that... Um, that's festering in any way, right? There's this mm -hmm. idea that if we don't forgive someone, we've let it go. No, some things may be unforgivable, and that's okay. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, somebody harms my child, that's, I'm sorry, that might be unforgivable. Certainly if it was deliberate, it's going to be unforgivable. And I might be really resolved about my relationship with them. It might not have a ton of heat for me or upset for me. I might be okay with that. But that doesn't mean that there's a piece around forgiveness. But if we have an idea in terms of positivity that you can't move forward unless you do a certain thing, right? And we put pressure on people to have to do that thing, right? If you if you don't forgive, you can't move on. Well, maybe and- not, but... This is, I mean, this is an opportunity to talk about um, cultural lens as well, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, t- telling people what to think has been the root cause of so many cultural atrocities over, Absolutely. you know, the millennia and not making space for their own narrative, not making space for their own thought process, not making space for their own feelings, whether it's on an individual level or on a cultural level or both, um, this is uh, this is something that, uh, w- as we've said, can cause a lot of damage to essentially tell people they're thinking incorrectly, not not giving them the space to discover it themselves, not mm-hmm. exploring it with them, but just straight up saying you're thinking wrong. Yeah. And when you expect uh, someone to be positive at a time where they can't, you are essentially telling them they're thinking wrong. That's actually right there the the center mm-hmm. of it I mean that I mean I I'm like okay cool great episode over awesome we're uh that's that's the that's the set that's what we're doing uh one of the other things we talked about yesterday that I think deserves some attention because it's been commodified in really inappropriate ways by um First, the mental health profession in and of itself, but then the the you know sort of self help pop psychology world is the idea of radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And for those of you who are not necessarily familiar with it, this radical acceptance idea came out of uh, largely out of Zen Buddhism, and was I think largely introduced to. Uh, to the modern psych world through something called dialectical behavioral therapy. If there are earlier examples of it, then I'm not aware of them. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But um, it's this idea of truly being able to see all aspects of things and accept things the way they are. And a lot of people misinterpret that as giving up hope. Yes. And it got connected, particularly in terms of Zen Buddhism and even um, other Uh, religious traditions as a spiritual bypassing. And so the heart of that idea, and I practiced in Buddhism for some time, so pretty familiar with it from that perspective, is this idea that um, some emotions are not okay. Sorry, that's the bypassing piece. That's not actually how the religion thinks about it. From a Zen Buddhist perspective, the idea is that we need to compassionately witness all our emotions. The idea of meditation and why it's so hard to do is you're sitting with yourself. And as your thoughts arise, you allow them to pass instead of hanging on to them. And this is because from a neurological perspective, we understand that you can kind of keep certain thought processes going and that's not super helpful to you. 
for example, if I'm upset about something, it's one thing to observe my upset and recognize that, say, someone, you know, wasn't respecting me in some way or something. I'm upset about it, right? It's one thing to go, yeah, that that's upsetting. And to just allow myself to sit with my upset feelings so I can process them. It's another thing to go, yes, and then they did this, and then they did this. And remember six years ago when they did that other thing? That was really annoying. And what we're doing there is we're really adding fuel to the upset feelings, and we're magnifying them. And the idea behind these traditions where you sort of meditate and you have um, time to sit with your emotions is to process them, not to add intensity to them but to really see what's there. Um, so many of times when I was sitting with other people meditating, um, somebody would burst into tears. And no one would do anything. We were all sitting there, and this is holding the space, just letting them have their feelings. We knew that they could leave the room for a few minutes and that there was one person designated to follow them, if need be. But if they were just going to sit there having tears, that's okay. That's allowing them to work through their feelings and that the framework was there to hold the space for those feelings. But when we get into this bypassing piece where toxic positivity has interfered with it, it's the idea that we should somehow be above our feelings, that we should overcome our feelings, that it shouldn't matter, that anger shouldn't be important enough. But anger is an incredibly useful emotion. It helps us understand when our boundaries are violated. Mm -hmm. It helps us understand when we're feeling some kind of ouch trigger from the past that we might need to look at. And sometimes it's really justified to feel angry. Because if somebody does a terrible thing to my friend, I'm going to be super pissed about it, and for good reason. So there's there's an element to something here, Mitra, that mm -hmm. I've been thinking about, and we haven't brought it up. And it's at the core of this idea about toxic positivity is judgment, which is antithetical to the, as you brought up, the Buddhist practice of mindfulness, um, judgment that certain emotions are bad. Yeah. And I think that's a really core thing here to focus on if we're thinking about toxic positivity within our own life, um, that all emotions, like you just said, all emotions serve a functional purpose when they're working right. Mm -hmm. Even anger lets us know that there's been some sort of transgression or injustice. Anxiety lets us know, anxiety and fear let us know that there may be a legitimate danger to us. Grief lets us know that we lost something important, and these are all powerful markers. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we know in mental health processes that what can happen is that some of these states get suppressed, and they continually are looking for witnessing. In other words, if something happens to me as a kid in my family that I never get to process, um, and then there's a similar thing as an adult, it's kind of like it can hook that. And we've talked about triggers in the past and understanding what's called emotional activation. Um, but that's a signpost then that there's something that I need to work on or think about. So regardless of the emotional state, um, it helps us be more connected to ourselves and understand better what's going on for us. Um, mm -hmm. And if this process is shut down by those around us, um, that's hard. And mm -hmm. I want to be really clear that sometimes we have to set our emotions aside. If I'm at someone's wedding, um, it doesn't matter 
how I feel about the bride and groom, I'm probably not going to stand up in the back and go, I don't think they should get married. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's an extreme example. Yeah. But, you know. Um, okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, Check in with the, the the viewers real quick because we're running out on time here. We got we we're, we're now right up against another show, so we get we gotta be quick on these endings. Okay, 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 <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say real quick that during the beginning of the show, Mars said that they were putting on a hat as well, and Jay said that they didn't have a hat and were very upset about it. Uh, <laughs> um, but this is uh, this comes from uh, Az Ding Zero. Uh, could this uh, could this be related uh, to all the trends of quote unquote positive thinking like coaching and all of that fluff i mean that was my first introduction i i can't say this definitively but i can say anecdotally um for me my first introduction to this idea of you know you got to think positive was mm -hmm. very much linked to this pop psychology self-help stuff in the late 80s early 90s um that yeah that's that was my first introduction to it yeah yeah i think another piece that that's problematic with these kinds of self-help pop psychology things is they don't take your life context into account which neither does toxic positivity right those are connected um mm -hmm. so there's the idea that i can be anyone i want well yeah but if i grew up in a tough financial situation and i had to go to work at 18 or 19 and college just feels super unaffordable you know and anything i want was to be a lawyer mm -hmm. you know it's going to be a tough road and, and, yeah. and do not take this into account to compare me to someone who went to Harvard Law School on daddy and mommy's, you know, funding is going to be very different. Mm -hmm. So the toxic positivity sometimes equalizes things that aren't equal. Well, and it's it's based on this idea. And, and we've talked about this subtly in the past. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people are, are familiar with the concept of internal or external locus of control, the things that I can do. But there's a lesser known concept by a brilliant psycho uh, psychological researcher, Daryl Wing Su, um, the, uh, loca, uh, locus of responsibility. And it acknowledges the idea that sometimes systems are slanted against you. And you can have an internal locus of control, but with an external locus of responsibility that says, yeah, the system really is stacked against you. Um, in America, a lot of predominantly, um, a, a lot of predominantly white Christian culture is based around this idea of not only lo internal locus of control, but internal locus of responsibility that regardless of the system, you can always succeed. And we know that's not really true. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely problematic, for sure. And it's it's very... The idea of the work ethic, anyone with a little hard work can succeed. It's just it's just not true. And we, we no. often do end up placing a lot of pressure on ourselves. And blame. And blame. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think this last one that I'm going to read, I'm sorry I didn't get to a lot of the questions. I did not want to stop the awesome conversations you two were having about this because they, they I could see it in the chat. A lot of people, it was resonating with a lot of people. Uh, but I'm going to, the last one I'm going to read is from Obo Lauren. And this, this idea was uh, echoed by a lot of uh, people who wrote in. But uh, Obo Lauren says, yeah, there is an impetus to have the quote unquote right thing to say. And often it's better to just ask how to help in that moment. And I so very much agree with that that the, yeah. literally just asking do you want input or do you want to uh to talk do you want me to listen like that i, I think that is 
possibly one of the best questions to um ask. I, I i'm gonna call myself out on something that okay. i have more than once uh sent to the crafting muse via text because uh, we're friends we've had we mm -hmm. have emotional conversations and there have been times where i have sent to her via text please press one if you would like reassurance please press two <laughs> if you would like empathy please press three if you would like validation and commiseration Please mm -hmm. press four for a combination of the above. Press yeah. five or hold for customer service. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have the right answer. Mm -hmm. Just <laughs> the right care in your heart is yeah. a start. And just asking people what they need. Really, you don't have to fix it. Mm -hmm. I can't say it enough times. It's it's not. It's okay to not fix it. It's okay to be there and just be present and show yeah. affection and do what you can. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, I think that is a good place to wrap up this episode. This first episode of season four. Uh, we've got a whole other season ahead of us uh, as long as I can stop fumbling through the intros. Uh, <laughs> Mitra, Dr. B, where can people find you on the Internet if they would like to do so? Well, I, mine is short because you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I also have a website, uh, which is MitraJordan.com and my Twitter handle right there. And uh, that's it for me, really. So it's about this guy. Did I point in the right direction? Right you now? did, you did, you, you got it. This, uh, no, I, you, you got the, you got the uh, David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're almost at David S. Pumpkin season. Any season. questions? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I'll do all of the chat questions Oh, that's gonna be, on. for the next couple Any weeks, that's questions? amazing. Any questions? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Nice. Uh, but y'all can find me, uh, first of all, follow Take This on all the socials at Take This Org. That's the more important, you know, the more important count, accounts to follow. If you want to follow me personally, I'm on pretty much all the socials at the Dr. B, T-H-E-E-D-O-C-T-O-R, B as in boy. Um, but yeah, you can find me. I'm around. I'll be ranting about cooking and Dungeons and Dragons and uh, random thoughts at 2 a.m. <laughs> and mental health, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Champions of Lore every Wednesday, except for this Wednesday, uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Twitch.tv. games. We're taking this week off. We'll be back next week, though, with a special episode. Ooh, it's our 50th episode. Ooh. <gasps> I know. Uh, but uh, also, uh, starting up this Friday, uh, my uh, other show, uh, From the Same Mister, where me and my half-siblings talk about being donor-conceived and some of them uh, telling their stories about finding that information out, is starting back up for its third season. Uh, so if that sounds interesting at all to you, uh, check that out on your favorite podcast service. Uh, thank you to Jay and Mars for moderating in the chat and doing a fantastic job. Uh, and thank you to Codename Entertainment and Take This for giving us an opportunity to have these discussions. If you miss any part of the show, you can catch it later on your favorite podcast service. Maybe two, maybe a little later. Depends on my workload. We'll see how that goes. But it will be there. Uh, and if you have any suggestions for future topics that you'd like to hear us talk about, you can send those into Champions of Psychology at CodenameEntertainment.com or tweet at us. But we'll, 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 we'll listen. We'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what we got going on. Uh, if you are live with us right now, be sure to stay right where you are for Bardic Inspiration uh, following immediately after this. Well, not as soon as I click on At one. It'll be on at one immediately after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I think y'all are really going to enjoy that episode. But that is going to do it for this uh, week. So until next week, take care of yourself. Bye, everyone. Bye. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. 
It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment.